Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry, where we aspire to live life on purpose through the sharing of God's Word. Here is Pastor Nate with today's message. Hello, and welcome to another message from God's Way Through Christ Ministry. Thank you for joining us for this Sunday service and the sharing of God's Word. This is where we study, we abide in our personal journeys along our daily walk with Christ. And if there's one thing that I know for sure, that is, there is our way and there is God's way. Father in heaven, we ask that you join us in this time of fellowship as we look to further evolve and develop our relationship with you, looking to abide with you to learn and share and partake of your words, your word, your wisdom, your discernment, your knowledge that will help us in our daily journeys, that will help us to lead lives that are pleasing in your sight, fulfilling and produce the fruit as you intended, as you designed and as you purposed. God, I ask that your word, as you used me as a vessel, will penetrate the hearts and the minds, opening them to be receptive, to hearing, to embracing, to accepting, and to living out the lives again as you intended them to be. I pray that this word reaches those who need to hear it, blesses them in their lives so that they may in turn be a blessing to others. And as you love us, they love others, letting your light shine through them so that all know that you are the creator, the divine, the Trinity, the all knowing God, we thank you. We thank you. And we cannot thank you enough. This we ask and pray in your son, Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you again for, for joining. We're glad that you could, um, be here with us, uh, for, for this message. Uh, today I want to, Let's talk about the basics, the the foundation. Sometimes it's it's really it's good to go back to uh, the, the the what is it the foundation of the tenets principles of faith, um, and not to presume that everybody understands and knows. And uh, you know, foundation as you have in a building is something that holds the structure up that you build on. And that's really what I, what I want to do with today's message. Uh, today's text is, is taken from a, a letter, uh, the last, written by Paul to Timothy. Uh, while Paul was a prisoner who uh, was in danger, his life was, was in danger at the time as he was in prison. He, he had enraged an emperor and uh, had many persecutors. He, he basically stood alone at this, at the writing of this letter is everyone else appeared to be against him and uh, forsaking him, those that he knew. So it's safe to say that, that Paul was not in a good place and uh, physically, but the key point here is he did not allow that to deter his faith or, or his behavior. So, uh, taking the text from 2 Timothy, I'm going to read uh, chapter 1, going to read verses 1 through 
10, starting with verse, verse 1. I, Paul, am writing this letter. I am an apostle of Christ Jesus, just as God planned. He sent me to tell you about the promise of life that is found in Christ Jesus. Timothy, I am sending you this letter. You are my dear son. May God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord, give you grace, mercy, and peace. Verse 3, I serve God, knowing that what I have done is right. That is how our people served him long ago. Night and day, I thank God for you. Night and day, I always remember you in my prayers. I remember your tears. I long to see you that I can be filled with joy. I remember your honest and true faith. It was alive first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am certain that it is now alive in you also. That is why I remind you to help God's gift grow just as a small spark grows into a fire, God put his gift in you when I placed my hands on you. Verse 7, God didn't give us the spirit that makes us weak and fearful. He gave us a spirit that gives us power and love. It helps us control ourselves. So don't be ashamed to give witness about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me his prisoner. Instead, join with me as I suffer for the good news. God's power will help us do that. God has saved us. He has chosen us to live a holy life. It wasn't because of anything we have done. It was because of his own purpose and grace. Grace. Through Christ Jesus, God gave us that grace even before time began. And in verse 10, it has now been made known through the coming of our Savior, Christ Jesus. He has destroyed death because of the good news. He has brought life out into the light. That life never dies. So the topic title for today's message is Made in Heaven, Built to Last. Made in Heaven, Built to Last. God is our creator. God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. The creator of all, every existing and living thing. All that we are, all that we can do, we owe to God. No one, nothing is as powerful, omnipotent, or as wise, omniscient, omniscient, I have trouble with that one, but it means <laughs> complete, omniscient, um, complete, unlimited knowledge and awareness. Complete, unlimited knowledge and awareness. Who can have all of the power and all of the knowledge? And later we'll touch on and be everywhere always. Only God. So God made us the first point. Let's first discuss the basic premise and principles 
uh, as a foundation, as I, as I spoke earlier, to the, to the rest of today's message, going back to where it all began. We're all very, we're all probably uh, most likely familiar with the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, where it lays out the first days of creation and all that God created in those first six days. We know he rested on the seventh. In Genesis 1 and 27 in the NRIV, New International Reader's Version, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own likeness. He created him in the likeness of God. He created them as male and female. So know that God created man, note, last on the sixth day after all the other creatures were made. Man is a, is a creature unlike and different from all the other creatures God made. We are of flesh and spirit, which will suppose contains both heaven and earth are in us, in, in, in flesh and, and in spirit. We were created to be devoted to the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He made us after creating the, the rest of the world and the universe and all that is within it. Hence, we need to be humble. Uh, despite being created in his image, we still need to be humble. Why? Because it was after he had created everything, after he had laid the foundations of the earth. In other words, we didn't help, nor did God need our help. He didn't need us to create any of this. He did that on his own. He created us in his likeness, but he didn't need us to create anything. So being created in his image indicates we have a, a divine wisdom uh, a, a, and, a, and a power that other creatures of the earth don't possess against, again, in, in, the, in the flesh and the spirit. So that, that likeness means the nearest resemblance of, out of any visible creature on earth. But I'm going to dig a little deeper in that. It, 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 to, to indicate that we were not made in the likeness of any other creature made before man. While we have some of God's honor in us, Christ remains the only true, full image of God's person. So understand that made in his image is more of a internal than external, because God has no body. So we can often get confused with the external and the visual and the aesthetics. It's the inside. It's that spirit. It's that thing that never dies, as we talk about. So the, the, this can be further defined as being created in his image, in his likeness, similar to the uh, having an understanding and a will. We know that we have free will and active power. 
which is why we then have dominion over the earth, over all things, over everything that was created before us. So even though we didn't create the other creatures of this earth, the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, they were created inferior to man, hence our dominion over them. So we bear likeness and knowledge in righteousness and true holiness. Let's, let's move past the big beard and all of these images, images, borderline fairy tales that have been portrayed of, of God's likeness and move to the part that matters. So our God likeness is in, in understanding enables us to, to see divine things clearly and understand God's knowledge. This enables us to then comply with the will of God and not resist it, even though we have free will. So true holiness allows us to have the proper passions and desires, in addition to humility and the power over that which is inferior to us. So in, in that man was was created in God's image, we would be better served by refraining from speaking ill of or mistreating other men, humans, other creations of God, other, other creations that bear a resemblance to, other humans that were created in God's image, lest we run the risk of criticizing or causing offense against God himself. If, if that isn't motivation enough to treat your fellow man with respect and love, understanding that they were created in God's image, they have free will and they can behave in a certain way, but we, we, we ought to, to be careful. So that what I'm saying there, in other words, is be careful with your words and actions towards others. Very careful right? If, if they're misbehaving, that's between them and God. That's between them and God. You, you wouldn't go fix a stranger's car that's, that's not functioning the, the way that it was designed on the freeway during rush hour without an invitation from or consent from the, from the owner of the car, would, would you? I, I wouldn't. Um, so, so now that we've established that, the second point I want to make is God gave us all that we have. What we have, God gave us. What we know, God taught us. What we see, God created. What we hear, God produced. What we understand, God supplied the knowledge. What we believe in our faith is the essence of God. So all that is good that exists, God conceived. So you say, if God created everything, why is there so much bad in the world? Why? Well, there's this thing called free will. So God created things for good. So I can use gasoline to fuel up the fire truck to go put out the fire, or I can use gasoline to start the fire. Free will. Gasoline can be used for good or bad. Free will. So its creation isn't bad. 
money is another great example. It, it, it often misquoted. It is, you know, money's root of all evil is, is an absolute fallacy, is incorrect, is the love of money. That's a whole message in and of itself. But it is what is the intent? What is the motivation? That's what's why premeditated crimes carry a stiffer sentence than um, crimes of passion or that, that were not thought of before, the intent that, 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 that you may accidentally act in a certain manner based on being pushed too far versus plotting and being evil. In, in 2 Timothy, uh, verse 1, um, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 9, in the NRIV, it says, God has saved us. He has chosen us to live a holy life. It wasn't because of anything we have done. It was because of his own purpose and grace through Christ Jesus gave us, God gave us the grace even before time began. The Amplified breaks that out further. Again, verse 9. In the Amplified, it says, For it is he who delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself holy and leading to holiness, to a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. He did it not because of anything of merit that we have done, but because of and to further his purpose and grace, unmerited favor, which God has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, eternal ages ago. So, to expand on that, God desires that we live an upright and holy life. Not perfect, but holy, principled, of value, righteousness, which, which I covered in, in, in last week's message. In, in short, trying to do what is right by God ourselves and our fellow men. It's because of his grace and mercy he saved us, not because of anything that we earned or did, because of his grace and mercy. He gives us favor for his specific purpose. He did not, he did this, sorry, before our lives began, before the world knew we existed. That, that, that should be humbling. And, and, and I want to talk then also about verse 10, starting with the in our. IV, verse 10 says, It has now been made known through the coming of our Savior, Christ Jesus. He has destroyed death. Because of the good news, he has brought life out into the light. The, that life never dies. To expand on that, in the Amplified, verse 10, it says, It is that purpose and grace which he now has made known and has fully disclosed and made real to us through the, the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who annulled death and made it of no effect and brought life and immortality, that is, an immunity from eternal death, to light through the gospel. So God loves us and has demonstrated that love by his ultimate sacrifice of his son so that we might be saved. 
sparing us from damnation and death. Final, finite life. He canceled death, rendering it invalid in exchange for eternal life, an infinite, unending life of peace and joy, and an indescribable future with him, endless, infinite. Yes, our physical bodies will one day return to the earth, the dust from which they came, from which we were created, but our spirits will live on forever. So remember back earlier when I talked about the resemblance of God in that the spirit, here's where we resemble, the inside. This God is alive. So if he was encased in this meat suit, really, it's the inside. If we can shift our focus to the area, the parts, the things that matter, it's that spirit and how we conduct ourselves. So, so why did God choose to, 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 to give us what he gave us? Uh, uh, Paul, under, under great duress, continues to write about his experience in the second chapter of Timothy. And I want to uh, read one verse from there. Second Timothy uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 10 in the NIR, NIRV says, So I put up with everything for the good of God's chosen people. Then they also can be saved. Christ Jesus saves them. He gives them glory that will last forever. In the Amplified, it says, Therefore, I am ready to persevere and stand my ground with patience and endure everything for the sake of the elect, God's chosen, so that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with the reward of eternal glory. It, it, it spells it out there. He is in prison. His life is being threatened. Probably the last letter that he was written, you're going to be killed. People are after him. But he's like, I'm willing to endure all that so that others can be saved. He, 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 here, Paul offers his, his conviction of reason for why he continues to in, endure despite great opposition. His life is on the line. His creature comforts of life have been removed. His, his friends and allies have abandoned him. Did that change his behavior? No. He, he still vows after all that, yet he vows to continue on and, and remain steadfast so that others might be saved, even those who persecute him. With that in mind, how great of a sacrifice is it for us to take heed and, and follow his example? Very difficult for the flesh to do, but not that difficult for our spirits, which are made in the likeness of and resemble God. So choosing to do what is right despite the difficulty, choosing to live a life of integrity so that it might lead others to Christ, lifting up our fellow man instead of digging a ditch or trying to trip them up, right? Forgiving others who may have offended us, whether intentional or not, praying for them instead of cursing them, all so that as many as possible, as many who choose 
can also receive and enjoy the gift of eternal life. Are we, being all created equal, more valuable to God than them, than others, than anybody else? Last point I want to make is God infused us. So the theme here being that spirit, spirit, that resemblance. God placed what he did inside of us, in our spirit. Why? Because it is infused, permeated, embedded, steeped, intertwined into our innermost being. What that means is it cannot possibly or easily be separated, if, if at all. Have, have you ever tried to, to separate chocolate syrup from, from milk, for sugar from water or tea or, or cream? Once in, in the coffee, it, it becomes infused in our spirit, what God gave us. So this should, should make you feel better, right? Um, when you have thoughts of, maybe I've lost my gift, maybe I've lost that that's what God has, has put in me. Maybe maybe God has taken it back or or forsaken because you know something you've done. You've done something wrong. No. Nada. You may not be aware of it. You may not be it may not be activated necessarily because you're not abiding. If if, if it resembles his spirit, it's there, remains there. It just may be dormant. But it's there. So in other words, we don't need an air tag or a tile or some other tracking device, all right, in case what God gave us gets lost because it is permanently attached, combined, connected. It is part of us. It is in every fiber of our being, in the spirit, not the flesh. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, this is the strongest verse, that I, I, the one I, that, that resonates the most with me is verse 7. For God did not give us the spirit of timidity, of cowardice, I'm reading from the Amplified, of craven and cringing and fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. We've no doubt heard the phrase, the meek shall inherit the earth. That comes from Psalms 37 and 11. I'm going to read that from the Amplified. But the meek in the end shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Meek, that meaning, are at the least risk of danger or harm or losing things. It's not to say it's impossible, but they are at the least risk. I know this firsthand from being meek. Yes, I've lost things, and yes, things have occurred, but more has been added to me than taken away in that that resembles God, that spirit. Forget the flesh, that decays. Anything that I possess, right, any automobiles, one day end up in the junkyard, rusted, gone. Many things, the technology wears out and it's discarded, ends up in a landfill somewhere, right? 
but in that spirit, in that thing that that is in me that resembles God, that's made in his likeness, that's, again, a whole other message in and of itself. So that meek also means a higher degree of the possibility of con being content or, or, or living a, being satisfied with your life while enjoying God's blessings and his, his favor. So far too often, Christians mistakenly believe that being a Christian automatically means being timid, which is shy, hesitant, and, and even fearful. Meekness is another word often uh, used and misunderstood. While the worldly definition of meek, the world's definition, may stand for timid, Godly meekness has a much different meaning. Firstly, meekness is a virtue, not the misinterpretation of poor and afflicted. Meekness is the quality of a king. Meekness is more of an internal attitude of gentleness and self-control that we just read about, which takes great skill and power in the face of adversity and infliction. Self-control, I want to take somebody's head off based on how they're responding. But that that is within me that resembles God can maintain self-control and realize that that was made in God's image and may be influenced of the world, so I don't have to address that. I can let it go. It doesn't matter. Meekness is, is, is being accepting of adversity, being confident in God's wisdom and purpose for our lives. That takes strength and power. Discernment to say, is that, did this occur to help me refine my life, myself, my self-control, my righteousness? Was that meant for me? We get to, in life, I understand, get to retake the tests until we pass. There, it, it, it is said that the, 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 the Tasks, the challenges that we face keep showing up in different people, the same ones, until we pass it. So why am I going to take after somebody that's sent to me to teach me something? Then I didn't learn. And then I did something that is worldly and not in, in God's likeness. Meekness is, is responding in a godly way in the face of mistreatment. This requires great power and restraint to demonstrate, especially when the inflicting party's actions are unjust or unwarranted. Again, did they show up for me? Something that I need to learn? Is it a chance for me to refine my skill set? Re remembering that I've been made in God's likeness. Does God smite us and knock us out every time we sin? Every thought that we shouldn't be thinking? Every action that we take? Well, we probably wouldn't be anybody on the face of the planet if that were the case. So that's the part that, again, back to God's likeness, you can still have unconditional love no matter how we behave, how poorly, how badly, and to take it to an extreme so that we don't face death, permanence, and our spirits gave his son. So in, 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 in keeping it real, Meekness is when we could destroy our opponent uh, and choose not to. 
choosing to spare them, to turn the other cheek, to forgive them, and yes, even pray for them. A perfect creator created us. He does not make mistakes. There is a master plan. We will be best served to understand and accept this truth, trusting in God for all of our needs. God does not change and cannot lie. God loves us regardless of what we do. God cares about us irrespective of our past mistakes. God is omnipresent everywhere at the same time, always. Everywhere at the same time, always. God created everything, including us, with a purpose and a plan. And then all things work together for the good, which is called out in Romans 8 and 28. In the Amplified, it says, We are assured and know that God, being a partner in their labor, all things work together and are fitting into a plan for good to and for those who love God and are called according to His design and purpose. What more could we ask for? What more could we want? What greater opportunity for us is there than to live up to and bear that true likeness to God, made in His image from the inside out? Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come before you and to worship, to feed upon, feast upon your word, your divine instruction, your wisdom, your knowledge that you have put out there for us to share, to ingest, to impart, to activate within our lives. It's right there. You did not have to do what it is that you've done. You didn't have to create us. You didn't have to give us what you've given us. You didn't have to put inside of us what you put inside of us. You did not have to sacrifice your son, but you did. You don't have to love us, but you do. You don't have to forgive us, but you do. God, we are so thankful. We are thankful for who and what you are what you mean to us and all that you have done, are doing, and will do. We just ask that you be patient with us, that you continue to love us as we know that you will, and help us to live up to the life that you expect from us. And for those who don't know you, Father, I ask that they take a moment to pray this prayer so that they may come to know you and develop a relationship with you. And it goes like this. Father God, I know I am a sinner and I cannot save myself. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that your son, 
Jesus Christ gave up his life for me by dying on the cross in my place and rose again so that I may be saved. I ask that you come into my heart and I accept your precious gift of salvation, victory over sin, and eternal life with you. This we ask and pray in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you have accepted Christ into your life. You have begun the relationship of relationships. You have a, a fresh start, a clean slate, a new beginning, a partner in which to live the rest of your years here on earth with to help you in that process and a way, a path to live eternally with God the Father. I would strongly encourage you to read and study and immerse yourself in God's Word to further advance your knowledge and wisdom and discernment and equip you to deal with life's challenges. We all know that there will be some. Please consider sharing this message with others that you feel, think, may benefit from hearing this God's Word that will help them in their walk. I thank you for joining. We appreciate your support. And I hope you can join us again next Sunday. Until then, go and live your blessed life on purpose. Thank you for joining and worshiping with us today. I hope your soul was fed and thoughts stirred in the sharing of God's Word, and that today's message will inspire you to live a godly life. Whether viewing on our website or one of the social media platforms, we ask that you consider supporting our ministry with a donation of any size. To do so, please visit our website at www.gwtcm.org. That's www.gwtcm.org. We appreciate you and your support. We look forward to sharing God's message with you again. Until then, be well, blessed, and live a life on purpose.